Um, I'd just like to have a quick word of prayer before we open God's word. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for this Sabbath day. And I just want to pray now, Lord, that, that I would decrease and you would increase. And as we open your word, that we'd all receive a blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How many of us today would agree that Satan really fights us hard when it comes to spending regular time with God? Yeah? If there's one thing that Satan doesn't want, and that's for, and that's for us to spend more time with God. You know, I truly believe spending more time with God is the answer to all the problems that we have. We cannot stay strong in the Lord if we don't spend regular time with Him. Sometimes we might feel like we don't have a close relationship with God. Well, we, we have to ask ourselves, are we seeking Him? Sometimes I, I kind of feel sad, tired, and empty inside. And then I realize I haven't been spending much time with the Lord. And when I set aside a time with, to spend with Him, I feel so much better like a burden has been lifted off my heart. I feel satisfied with everything and I feel stronger to handle every situation that comes along. The Bible says, if we seek Him diligently, we will be blessed. The word seek means to crave, pursue and go after with all your might. Let's look at an example of something in our daily lives that we seek. Food. Something's feeding back. I'm just Oh, it's that one. <laughs> we all like to eat. And I think most of us might have missed a meal once in a while. But you can be sure we're not going to miss too many meals very often. You know, we do a pretty good job at taking time to eat, don't we? How many of us know if we want to eat, we will seek the food and we will find it? Especially if it's Sabbath afternoon. Have you ever been on a long journey and everyone in the car is very hungry? My family loves to take long journeys and once we drove to Florida non-stop in just 24 hours. Well, it wasn't just me driving. My wife, my wife took, it in, took turns to drive. Come to think of it, she did most of the driving. Uh, when we've been in the car for a very long time, we can get very hungry and we can seek the food for almost 80 miles away. That was back then. Now, with navigation, we can seek it for hundreds of kilometers away. And when there's kids in the car, you can be sure we're going to find the food. Otherwise, it's going to be screaming. And when we get together, we make a plan and we seek out the food and we find it. So what does the Lord say about seeking Him? In Psalms 119, verse 2, it says, Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. The Lord says, those who seek me will find me. 
And the Lord says, if we give God our tithes, we'll be blessed with more. Well, I believe it works the same with time. If we give God more of our time, he'll bless us with more back. And I think that he would bless us with more time back that we didn't even realize was possible. How many of us know it doesn't take very much time before we've lost an hour or 30 minutes or even a whole day? And sometimes at the end of the day, you feel like you've just accomplished nothing. Everything went wrong, just one thing after the other, all day long. Well, that's probably going to happen to some of us some of the time. But I believe why it happens on a regular basis and why so many people are getting stressed out is because we're not putting God first. Does anyone agree with me? We sometimes think we're too busy to spend time with God. But if we spend time with God, nothing else, if we don't spend time with God, nothing else is going to work in our lives. You know, I fight the battle of not enough time on a regular basis myself. And a couple of years ago, God finally got a hold of me. I never had enough time in the day to do everything that I needed to do. And I loved to exercise, but I never had enough time to fit it in, into my daily schedule. Then I came up with an idea. I'd get up early before the sunrise, before my family woke up, and I would go out for a jog so that when I got back, I could wake up my family and they wouldn't even feel like some time was gone. So I went out jogging and something happened to me on the third month. A tendon across the top of my, my knee started to hurt and it gave way. And I went to the doctor and the doctor told me that I would have to stop jogging now if I wanted to be able to walk when I'm older. I was very sad because I loved jogging as an exercise and I loved being outside. I really liked getting up in the mornings. So I decided I'd get up at the same time in the morning and I'd go for a walk. It was, a different, it was different walking than jogging. I didn't have to concentrate so much on pushing myself to keep going. I was more relaxed and I started thinking more about the day ahead. Before long, I started praying. Something happened, started to happen to me during those long walks. I found I was not walking alone, but God was walking with me. This was something new and wonderful that I could walk and talk and pray with the Lord. My days became full of joy because I put Him first. I asked for the Holy Spirit to fill my life and that I would become closer to Him and that I would rely on Him and the Holy Spirit to lead me throughout each day and he answered my prayers. It's, isn't that amazing? You see, I had a plan to fit another activity in my already daily schedule, schedule, but God had a different plan and he made it happen. God's calling each one of us today to have a closer relationship with him. In what way is he calling you? He's calling each one of us to be his close friend. In fact, it says in the Bible that he wants us to be his close friend. And it's so true. That's really how I felt during those long walks with the Lord. And that's how I feel today. 
John 15:15 15, 15 says, "I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I have learned from my Father, I have made known to you." So there it is, right there in the Bible. He's calling each one of us to be his friend. If we seek him diligently, we will find him. And if we know him and seek him more diligently, we will have a more intimate relationship with him. Jeremiah 29.13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And if we can only just remember to seek him when we are faced with the challenges of life, what peace we would have. I've lost countless times that I've had a lot on my mind. And throughout the day, I'd ended up speaking with my wife. She'd call me on the telephone and ask, how are things going? And I'm at work and I would go, things are going okay. Well, that's a sure sign that things are not going very well. So then I was off, start listing all the things that are going wrong at work, everything that's a hassle and bothering me. And then there would be silence and she would just pause and say, did you pray about it? Oh. And I'd be so embarrassed in front of the Lord that I forgot to pray to him to ask him for help and guidance. So after speaking with my wife, I would close the office door and get down on my knees and I would pray and pour out my heart to the Lord. And I would feel this, this heavy weight that would just lift off my shoulders. You know, Jesus said, take my yoke because it is light. He even tells us what to do when a burden is heavy. We just need to remember to turn to him when we are faced with those situations. All over the Bible, there are people who sought God, who spent time with God throughout the day. It's not going to hurt us to spend a little extra time with God. It's not going to hurt us to put aside the things that we don't really need to do and spend time seeking him. The first fruit of everything belongs to God. If we give God the first portion of our time, the rest is blessed. One of the reasons why we, why we get stressed out and never have enough time is because we're not giving, time God, uh, not giving God the time that he deserves. Psalms 91.1 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. No power in the universe can come against the Almighty God. And we, when we regularly dwell in His secret place, we are dwelling in His shadow, safe under His watch. Spending time with God is spiritual warfare. If we spend time with God, we won't have to spend time wrestling evil powers. Nothing given to God is ever lost. When we give God our time, we don't lose it. We sow it as seed and he gives it back to us. You never know. If we start spending more time with God, he might just send one, someone to help us with, that, with the, everything we need to do in the day. He might just bless us so our households run smoother and everyone works together and we get things done faster. These days, it seems like no one has any time, but everyone has the same amount of time. 
no matter how we divide the day, it's still 24 hours. We can spend more time with God if we really want to. And some of us might be thinking, well, it sounds good and I want to do it, but I just don't know what to do. Well, the first thing we have to remember is there's no formula. We can spend time with God any way we like. I've heard of so many different ways of people spending time with God. The Lord says, pray without ceasing. And this is a definite choice we make. We must want to do it. It's not something that just happens. It must be a desire that is strong because there are so many things working against us in our lives. So I asked myself the same question. How do I do that? Well, I found out I could not do it myself. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. Remember, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit in order to enable us, first of all, to live a godly life, to work in us and through us. So we have him to help us with that want, with that desire, with our commitment and with our choice. And so he will enable us as we, as we attempt with all our hearts to deal with the things in life that keep us from having an intimate relationship with him. And the word of God is so very important because this is where we get instructions from the Lord as we read from day to day, meditating on God's word. And in prayer, asking God to give us guidance and direction. And what we'll find is that he'll just begin to clean out the things in our life that don't belong there. Does this fit? Does that fit? Is this drawing us closer? Is this pulling us away? And so it's a process that we go through. It's not going to happen all at once, but it can be absolutely definite when we ask God, so work in my life that I can have a personal relationship with you that the emphasis and interest in our lives change. And before long, we realize something has happened in our life. I realized this for my first time in my life when I first started seeking God, finding out who God really was and finding out why so many people were following him. I remember one late afternoon on a hot summer's day, all of a sudden I've lost something that was very important to me. It had so much sentimental value to me, so I started looking for it wherever I went. The first place I started looking was outside on the grass in the backyard because I'd been mowing the lawn that day. So I got down on my knees and I, I searched and looked for this thing and I could not find it there. I must have spent at least 15 to 20 minutes looking for it. So then I started thinking, where else have I been today? And I'd been to the supermarket earlier. So I went to the supermarket and I went in and I started looking around the aisles. I looked down, look at the vegetable products, all of the cans of foods that we normally get um, into the vegetable area. And I couldn't find everywhere I'd put my hand, I couldn't find it. So I went to the store manager and I said, if, please, if you could just ask the, the cleaners at the end of the day, if they find this, please call this number. So I gave him my number. I drove back to the house a little bit discontented. And I thought, where else could it be? And as I pulled up in the driveway, I saw these bags of grass clippings on the side of the driveway where I'd put them. And that's what I'd been doing. Because remember, I looked around in the backyard. I couldn't find it. 
but I'd also put all the grass clippings inside. So I needed to go through the glass, grass clippings to look for it, and I didn't have a place. The only place I remembered was the basement. It was the concrete floor. So I took the grass clippings down there. Remember, it was a hot day. So the grass clippings were very hot because it was on side, of the, on side of the driveway. So I had all of the grass clippings spread out all over. And it started to smell. So the door opened on the basement. The, the basement door opened, and it was my wife. She's standing there looking at me. What are you doing? I said, well, I've lost this thing, and I really need to find it. And this is the only place I could think it would be. And she just looked at me and shook her head and said, well, did you try praying? And then she walked off. And I hadn't really prayed to God before. But this time I thought, you know what? I'll give it a try. So I got down on my knees and I prayed, Dear Lord, Lord, please, if you could help me find this thing, uh, uh, I'll do anything, Lord. I'll, I'll stop eating pork. I'll stop eating bacon. Anything, if you could help me find this thing. So I did my prayer and the next day, my wife was ironing in the living room and she was ironing and all of a sudden the iron stopped. It wouldn't go any further. So she called me over and said, oh, look at this. I said, that's it. That's what I've lost. It's been found. I said, where are these pants? She said, they were put in the wash three days ago, but I'd only lost this thing yesterday. So it was amazing. So I thanked the Lord and then all of a sudden I remembered my prayer that I would stop eating pork. So guess what? In the blink of an eye, I stopped eating pork. And it wasn't my doing, but it was the power of the Holy Spirit that changed me and started to change me. It was a change process. And the power of the Holy Spirit can clean out many things in our lives. After reflecting on those experiences of putting so much energy into searching, I realized that God is the end of our search. Not heaven, not success, and not anything else that we think we need, but God is the end of our search. We can be fully content. I had a void in my heart for a big part of my life. I was searching for happiness that I couldn't find. A space in our heart is reserved for Him. And, if we, and we have a natural longing to search and fill that void. We try to satisfy that void in our heart with worldly things, thinking this will fix us. The things of this world only satisfy us for a very short period of time. The next thing we know it, we're back in the same situation, searching for something else to please us. If I can just buy this, then I'll be okay. If I can just get this, if I can just get that, then I'll be okay. But the only time that we're going to be okay is when we've spent time with God. The world can't satisfy us. TV can't satisfy us. Video games can't satisfy us. The shopping malls can't satisfy us. Hockey games can't satisfy us. Whatever it is we think we need, it can't satisfy us. We're still going to miss, be missing something because He is the living water and He is the living bread. And we have to come to Him 
and that means spending time with him. Jesus said to the woman at the well, He who comes to me shall never thirst, never be hungry. Jesus was talking about spiritual water. We need, we need to work and we need to do our daily things. But we need to go, give God the first portion of our time so he can bless the rest of it. God wants us to enjoy our day, but we're not going to if we ignore him. David said, One thing that I ask of the Lord and that which I seek after, that I might dwell in his presence and behold his beauty all the days of my life. I've had some really low times in my life and I love the poem about the footprints in the sand. It gives me so much hope and reminds me what he has done for us and how he is always with us no matter what. And the poem goes like this. One night I dreamt a dream. As I was walking along the beach with my Lord, across the dark sky flashed scenes from my life. For each scene I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to me and one to the Lord. After the last scene flashed before me, I looked back at the footprints in the sand and noticed that at many times along the path, especially at the lowest and saddest times of my life, there was only one set of footprints. This really troubled me as I asked the Lord about it. Lord, you said once I decided to follow you, you'd walk with me all the way. But I noticed that during the saddest and most troubled times of my life, there was only one set of footprints. I don't understand why I needed, when I needed you the most, you would leave me. He whispered, My precious child, I love you and will never leave you. Never ever during the trials and testings when you saw only one set of footprints that was when I carried you I love this poem because now when I look back at the footprints of my own life I only see one set of footprints for two thirds of my life and the two sets of footprints when I started walking with the Lord and now I know he carried me for the first part of my life he carried me when I was suffering from life's burdens. He carried me when I was lonely. And he carried me so many times but I couldn't even walk because I've overdosed myself with alcohol. He protected me when I put myself and others in danger on the road so many times. And I look forward to hearing about all the times when he protected all of us day and night, year after year, that we didn't even know about. We need to know God before we can be intimate with Him. I tried loving Him at the start of my spiritual journey, but it didn't come straight away. I needed to know about God first, and I had a lot of questions. I remember when we got here, we were driving down the road in Canada, and we drove past the church, and my wife said, There it is! There's my church! And I was really amazed at how excited she was and started thinking about that. And she said, I'm going there next Sabbath. So we got home. The next Sabbath approached. And she got up in the morning getting ready for church. So I decided to go. I got ready. I got dressed up. I knew that people who go to church get dressed up. So I got dressed up. And when she got out and she got ready, she looked at me. And she goes, what are you doing? I said, well, we're going to church, aren't we? 
she was had a smile on her face but she kept quiet because she didn't want to you know deter me or anything so we went to church and we went to church for the first time and sat through the whole sermon um i you know i didn't feel like the the pastor was too forward i just felt neutral i didn't feel anything bad so we walked out and the pastor at the end said hello good to see you and i said good to see you and we walked off so we went there the second sabbath and listened to the sermon and we came out and in the second service the the pastor greeted me again and he said good to see you again and where are you from i haven't seen you around here and i said well i'm from oshawa and he said well no i don't mean what suburb but from which church i said oh i i don't have a church he said well it's good to see you and i walked off and i didn't feel threatened or anything so you know i decided to go back again and on the third third time we we went through the service and at the end he greeted me again and he said listen i'd like to ask a question would you like to have bible studies i said oh yes this would be a great time to show him and everybody else how everybody's brainwashed and that the church is the big money making business because that's what i had in my mind i knew nothing about it and there might be some people here today who know what i'm talking about so i went to the bible studies and he was very beautiful pastor pastor devinich i don't know if anybody knows him but we studied and i had so many questions and i would ask the hardest questions you know those questions that we still don't know until we get to heaven but the most amazing thing to me is that he would just get the bible he'd take his finger and he'd pick out a page he'd scroll down he said let's see what god has to say he would never answer me but he would let god answer me and i went through 12 months of bible studies but the the hardest thing for me to understand was creation because in the public schools that we went to they only teach evolution and that's what i was brought up with and that's what i believed but i was i became very interested in this topic and i i used to watch all of the sermons on creation and all of the documentaries and i started to realize that it's not possible that evolution happened it's only possible that god created the earth and created all of us and when i realized that i started to believe everything in the bible was the word of god and i continued to grow and at the same time we were attending the revelation um seminars at college park church it was with uh, pastor farob and and pastor bunstra and on the last day they made a call to come to the front and i'd been through 12 months of bible studies and i listened to all the sermons and i just heard the holy spirit saying get up walk down to the front and make a stand for me and that's exactly what i did i walked up to the front i didn't even know what i was doing but i knew that god was calling me and we prayed and i felt very good and i walked back to the pew where my wife was sitting and she was in tears and i was so confused and i looked at her and i said why are you crying i thought you'd be happy and she said i'd been praying f- for you ever since i met you that you would give your life to jesus and it was the power of the holy spirit that changed me 
And so we, ne- we need to know God more and more each day to become closer to Him. During this part of my spiritual journey, I can relate to how the blind men at Bethsaida must have felt. Mark 8, and 25 says, They came to Bethsaida and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. My wife was always praying for me and led me to Jesus. 23 says, He took me to the blind man by the hand and led me outside his village. God took me by the hand and led me into Bible studies immediately after entering his church. When he had spat on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, he asked, Do you see anything? 24 says, He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. The power of the Holy Spirit was helping to see the great deception little by little as I went through Bible studies. 25 says, Once more Jesus put his hand on the man's eyes, then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he was seeing very clearly everything. When I made my decision to surrender my life to God, the power of the Holy Spirit enabled me to see everything clearly. I once was lost, and now I'm found. Was blind, and now I see. And so... We get to know him more and more each day. Our relationship with him grows. God wants us to have an intimate, personal relationship with him. That's his ultimate purpose for creating us. We can have a close relationship with God if we want to. It all depends on our openness and our total surrender to him. No one can say we don't have time for God. We can do it if we want. Because Moses spent time with God. Abraham, Joseph, David, Jacob, and Jesus. Mary. Things will change so radically in our lives when we spend time with God. When we spend time with God, it increases our joy. It increases our peace. Spending time with God makes us feel whole and satisfied and complete. Spending time with God protects us. Spending time with God makes us feel strong. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. The Lord said, They shall mount up as eagles' wings. They shall run and not get weary. My joy increased dramatically ever since I've accepted God into my life. Nothing has ever made me feel more whole or complete. John 15 verse 11 says, I have told you this, so that my joy may be, may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So if our joy is complete in him, what else do we need? The peace in my life has never been so strong since I've known the Lord. And the contrast of not knowing God and knowing God, I never want to go back to not knowing God. I realized how truly blessed I am that he kept knocking on my door. In fact, he's knocking on all of our doors all the time. He wants us to spend time with him, but he doesn't just barge in. He he knocks, he whispers, he calls, and sometimes he even sounds the trumpets to get our attention. And all we need to do is just open the door and let him in. 
When I think about the troubles in our lives and how we just long for peace, I'm reminded of Jesus in the boat when he calmed the storm. Matthew 8:24-27 says, "And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with waves. But he was asleep. Then the disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, "Lord, save us, we are perishing." But he said to them, "Why are you fearful, O ye of little faith?" Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the seas, and there was a great calm. We are a lot like the disciples. They thought they had control, but they didn't. They tried everything. They lost their assurance when the storms in their life got severe. They waited until the last moment before they asked the Lord for help. That's sometimes what we do. We sometimes forget the Lord when we are struggling and trying to figure out the problems ourselves. Sometimes we don't ask for help until the last moment until all else has failed. And so during every storm in our life, there's an opportunity to realize who God is and build a closer, more intimate relationship with Him as He draws us close to Him. And He will give us peace in our heart. And then we'll discover that Jesus is all we need. Have you ever come home to an empty house? I did. I've felt... When I come home to an empty house, I feel sad and I feel lonely and I get on the phone. And where are you? Can you imagine arriving in heaven just like you arrive at home that time? And you see your big mansion and the tree of life and everybody's there, but there's no God. There's no Jesus. How would that be? So what is the most important thing that we're looking for? Are we looking for heaven? I'm not sure. But God is there with us all the time. And on earth, we have the opportunity to connect with Him. And if we seek Him, we'll find Him and He will be with us today. Psalm 1611 says, You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. How are we seeking Him today? There was a young and successful businessman traveling in a neighborhood street. And as he was driving along in his brand new Jaguar, he came closer to some children playing in the roads and some parked cars. So he slowed down and as he drove past, he heard this thump in the back of his car. So he got out of the car and he walked around the side and he saw on the door a brick laying on the ground and a big dent in the side of the door. And he looked around for the first kid and he grabbed him by the collar. He said, what are you doing? What do you think you're doing? How dare you throw that brick at me? Do you know how much this is going to cost you? And he said, but, but, but sir, but sir, my, it's what I had to do to get somebody's attention. I've been trying to get someone's attention for so long, but everyone just keeps driving past. So the boy took him to his brother and his brother was on the side of the curb. He'd fallen out of his wheelchair. And nobody would stop to help him pick him up. So the businessman lifted him up and put his brother back in the chair and got out his fancy handkerchief, started wiping some scrapes, and before long he realized that he was going to be okay. And the little boy said, Thank you. God bless you. And he 
picked up his brother's handles of his wheelchair and he started pushing him down the side of the road. And the man had a rapidly swelling lump in his throat. As he walked back to the car, he looked at the side of the car and he saw that dent and he decided to leave that there as a reminder to not go through life before you have to wait for a brick to make you realize that something's not right. And it's our choice. Listen to the whisper of his voice or wait for the brick in our life to get our attention.